Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, as always, Max Kerman. We are here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Christian Cunningham. And always lately, we're here with Intern Erica. Intern Erica, how's it going? Yo, yo, it's good. She even brought candy for us. She did. Yeah. Big Which is what you need when you're recording at, you know, six o'clock after a long day, you know? It's a good, good way to endear yourself to the uh, to the podcast is bringing candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not if you're trying to get healthy, though. No. Um, Max, Shane, how's it going? This is a free dumb. We don't have a guest today. Yeah. It's just us talking. This is, uh, the energy in the room is a little different. Yeah. Because the Raptors, we're not drunk on the Raptors at the moment. No. Though it's not to say we can't get drunk on them again. Mm-hmm. A little disappointed, but it happens. Uh, I was, Max, you and I were at the finals game too, uh, yesterday. It was a phenomenal, uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 44, President Barack Obama was wow. in the uh, the building. There was a buzz. It was wild. It was crazy. It was super fun. And then the the Raptors lost a, a tight game uh, d- down the stretch. And you guys were both throwing out t-shirts. Just Mikey after the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Max, Max was throwing t-shirts to people in Jurassic Park, and I left the building and threw my t-shirt out. Yeah, you were very angry with <laughs> that shirt. Let's get into that for a second. Sure, if you want. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Um, well, we, we know, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, that I managed to snag a couple extra T-shirts uh, that were given away at Game One, which was the best gift. Great ever, shirts, by the way. thank yeah, you so and much. Everybody was very excited, and you guys were like, "If you yeah, go, thank you." you. Yeah, <laughs> did not, Erica did not get one. Uh, and then when the Game Two, sh- and by the way, like their long sleeve shirts, which are very hip, they have every kind of Raptors logo from over the years on it. They're slimming, they're, they're black. They're just so legit. OVO, cool, man. yeah, they're very it says cool. OVO on it. And I did uh, wear them around after Game One, and you were saying that everybody was. It was like you. being a celebrity. Yeah, people were stopping. They're like, "You were at the game." last night like you rich people were honking because i walked home from work only twenty thousand people get a, yeah. a, one of these shirts so people were honking at me as i'm walking up the mountain i and i was wearing my purple like uh, zip up overworth over it so it was really uh, getting a lot of attention yeah but i felt like how you must feel every day yeah it was it was, it was cool. <laughs> actually the funny thing about those um i was in a suite uh, the universal music suite and they had the shirts laid out on the chairs. Now, everybody in the suite tries to be a cool guy and doesn't want to be a guy grabbing the shirt, the, free, the freebie, because we're supposed to be all like rich people in there. And so, but I noticed too, so I got mine and I immediately put it uh, not on because I was wearing my cool guy, or sorry, fun guy shirt. I put it in my jacket, which was hanging up in a closet in the suite. And then as the game's going on, I noticed that no one's taking them off the chairs. So you put it in your jacket? Like you shoved it down I one of the sleeves? Di- exactly. Smart. And then, and then, and then in like the third quarter rolls around, I grab another one, kind of hoping no one's watching me. There's goes two back sleeves to the on closet, a jacket, baby. Put it in. And then, and then by the fourth quarter, I put one on top of me. Because it was basically... That's was, like Max's shirt This now. is my shirt. Uh, and then I was going to try to get a fourth. And then uh, Jazz Cartier, who's a rapper, he was in the booth too. He ha- asked... Um, the suite, uh, the person who runs the suite, he's like, oh, is there any more of those shirts around? And she like went out of the hallway like looking around for an extra shirt. And he's like, and I could, I could tell he wanted one. So then I kind of like <laughs> dig into my jacket and I get the fourth one. I'm like, you can have this one. Oh, oh. you did have a fourth. I did have a fourth, but Jazz Cartier got it. Who are you oh. going to give that fourth to? <laughs> That's amazing. I was going to give it to maybe Greg. Yeah. You're, you're still lower than Greg on okay. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's really I good honesty right yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so that, that was fun. That was amazing. Yeah. Those shirts were great. But anyway, so sorry. I, I so 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 the day of the game yesterday, like I said, it's Sunday. We all had uh, uh, well, Max and and DZ, and then my brother and myself. We had tickets to the game, and I was like, I want those shirts were so fire uh, for game one. I'm so excited to know what they're going to do for game two. This is the How NBA they finals. It, right? This is going to be amazing. 
like, I don't know, around 2 o'clock, Blake Murphy, former pod guest, tweets out the shirts. They're all laid on the, the seats. And it's the exact same red We The North shirt that has been up for the whole playoff run. Just like, a As if they need to get rid of them or something. Exactly. Like, they'd ordered too many, and they're like, mm-hmm. we're going back to the red ones because they work or whatever. I looked at that, and I was like, you have to be kidding me. And now, I, I said this. I realize it's an elite problem to be bitching about the shirts they give out at a finals game that are way too expensive for people to go to. And full disclosure, my tickets that I have... I said on this pod before, I'm like a one-fourth season ticket holder. So my prices for tickets are not nearly as crazy as that resale market where you're hearing that people are spending $1,000 for standing room only. My tickets were not like that. Um, I also wasn't getting free tickets like our friend Max over here. Are you allowed to say how much your tickets were? Sure. As a season ticket holder, like my seats, which are in the 300s, like so, so the second uh, level, uh, mid-court were four fifteen a ticket. So it was eight thirty wow. for the pair. That's expensive stuff. But it's a finals game. And it's of very course. unique. Yeah. But yes, like that's, that's a lot of money to spend on a ticket. That was, and that was face value. Mm-hmm. That was like season ticket holder value. Now, yeah. if I wanted to, where my seats were, I could have gone online and got $2,000 a ticket. So I could have probably made $4,000. Um, Sorry, Winnie. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny. Even like, you know, because I've, I've been a season ticket holder, one-fourth, uh, for the last two years. And my and Danica and my father-in-law, they're always asking, like, well, what would you do if you had a finals game? Like, would you sell the ticket? They're like, what could you maybe make? And I, That's insulting. I you. guess. Well, I was like, well, if I had like a game seven, maybe I could make like $5,000. I don't know. And they're like, so what would you do? Like nothing. I'm like, I'm going to the game. And it's because like, I honestly like, I know $5,000 is a lot of money, but like in 10 years from now, I'll never think about $5,000, but I will think about that experience of going to the NBA game. I think it's more valuable than what I could have made. Yeah. You've always said you experiences, you, you value experiences over everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like money, you know, it's especially, I I always say this as you get older, like that's just like a stupid basement leak or something like (laughs) the money just flies out of your pocket once you're past 30 anyway. So (laughs) experiences matter. Totally. And like, I don't like, trust me, I value money. I'm very, like uh, grateful that we've been lucky enough to sort of have cool jobs and stuff like I don't come from any money so like I do value and I know it's a privileged position to be like like I don't want the 5,000 I want to go to the finals game but that that really that's my outlook that's what I've realized over the years when I've maybe not purchased things because I'm like oh that thing costs that and it's like well you should have gone because you'd never forget it um so anyway I put in the group uh this is the shirts that they're giving out I'm like this is how many beers deep were you none this, this, no, was, this, this was midday. Midday. Okay. I got a, I got a text from my uh, yeah. So I see the the Blake Murphy tweet, and I put it in the Champagne Boys group, and I go, they're giving out the red shirts for game two after they gave out those amazing black long sleeves for game one. And I said, this is trash. And then I said, Birchill, <laughs> nut. I said, you need to talk to somebody and sort this out. The nut. I was joking. I, like, listen, I was annoyed because I was like, I can't believe they're kind of doing the red T-shirts. Like, I got one of these when we went to, you know, game one of Philly, like, two rounds ago. Um, I th- I was, like, half joking, although genuinely a little bit disappointed in the shirt. The nut kind of goes at me hard. And the pod. <laughs> and the pod. The, the, the <laughs> nut right. goes, he says, uh, he's, I'm not reading it, but uh, off of memory, he says something like, uh, people are busting their asses here right now like a back off type thing so first of all i'm like okay and then he's like he's like uh and uh not every pod interview is the greatest interview he's like, he's like the beaches wasn't the same as noel it doesn't mean the beaches was trash that's what i no no oh. th- this was my counter he didn't say anything about the beaches oh i thought noel. he mentioned the beaches no no basically what happened is he mentioned that basically it's like not all pod interviews are going to be great and you're just going to have to like live with the fact that the t-shirts are this whatever his counter was but i was just like man he came back like he went full force. Well, I feel like he's in this position where, well, first of all, uh, working for MLSC, like now is the time he's probably most proud of. Right. So if anybody goes at him, he's going to feel very protective over it. Yeah. And I feel like that happens sometimes where 
it's like what, what would be the thing that you'd get protective over would it, it wouldn't be bell would it well, listen, I love Bell Media. My, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it depends <laughs> my on what, employer the, and what the criticism is. I guess it depends. Of course. Like, what do you – listen, I, I I love that the nut actually believes so much in his job and his company to the point that he would, like, in our friend group, defend it vigorously in the people he works with. And I know everybody at MLC is working very hard, but my point was essentially – I see you have it up, Shane. Do you well, want to read your, my response? Here was your point. So, Birchall said – oh, no, that's what I said. Okay, so Birchall said, not every mom interview is the best interview ever. Doesn't mean it's trash. And then uh, I made a funny comment. We'll skip that. And then you said, ha, 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 laughing at my comment. Then you said, it's the finals, and fans have paid a fortune. Season seat holders who have been going to all the games during this run have a bunch of these basic tees. Not all NBA games or pod interviews are created equally. The beaches don't get the same treatment as Noel Gallagher. I realize the shirts they give out at final games is an elite issue to take up, but the shirts are a big part of social media too. It's a bummer for those attending and a missed buzz opportunity. I, that is true. I think for social media, and, and honestly, like who's the first one to Instagram a, like a, a photo of that shirt? Birchall. Yeah. He realizes that it's something fans are excited about and that it does matter to the fans. Now you can seem like, you know, again, this is such a ridiculous petty thing, but I just I was shocked that it came at me that hard. Another thing I want to add, I think the beaches are fucking fantastic. Yeah. I love those ladies. Yeah. They're an amazing band. Um, but I'm just saying you fly out to New York City to interview Noel Gallagher, who's an absolute legend, and then the beaches you do your sort of regular sort of prep, which you respect the process. But I'm saying it's like it's the NBA Finals. This isn't just Drake Night or like an ESPN game on national TV in November. It's the Finals. I would think Game Two at least would get the same treatment as Game One. This is such a stupid issue to anyway, take up. Yeah. Well, people are going to want to know Birchall's retort. To okay, that. sorry. <laughs> and then Birchall said, "Oh wait, wait. I was bracing for him to come back at me. Oh, and- I knew this was coming because Birchall follows the like forty-four laws of power bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> so Birchall said, "Cool." Oh, which the brevity move is the ultimate bullshit move you can pull (laughs) because they're like, oh, you spent all that time crafting an intelligent message. I'm going to totally disrespect you with like this throwaway line. Yeah, a one word answer. Also, it did not take me a long time. I was getting ice cream with my wife and daughter and Danny goes, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, I'm just responding to this shit. I have to respond, but I just have to make sure I don't have any spelling errors. I don't want to get killed on some bullshit. (laughs) Well, I mean, you put in more effort than he did. Exactly. I was ignoring my kid and wife. We were down by the we were down by the water having like a a Caesar. So I did have a drink. I had one drink. And, uh, and, and we were chilling. And then, and then he said, cool, which is funny because that's what I was going to do if he came back with something like sort of a, a deep cut, something really hurtful because mm. you never know. You never know. Uh, but anyway, I, I understand the nuts point and I know everybody's busting their ass. And the game ops was amazing. Let's talk about uh, uh, Barack Obama. Ooh, yeah, well, before that, so um, part of the deal with Mike D and I getting tickets is that they said you're going to have to show up in Jurassic Park and and do something to whoop up the crowd because there's been you know cardinal official and like the various raptors personalities do this thing where they have seemed to hype up the crowd for about six hours straight and they're showing video montages i think i'm on the screens and stuff and and so i was like yeah whatever gets me in the building like we'll happily do it and we know the people who run the game ops and they're awesome people and we knew we were in good hands um but i started to think about it for a second i was like you know I, i usually think about like when it comes to me being recognized or being f- uh, familiar with people, it, it kind of comes down. It's like, oh, do you listen to The Edge 102? Are you a fan of the Tragically Hip? And when you think about the demo of the people down in there, it's a very mixed group, but it's a little younger and definitely more like just diverse. And 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 the the t- um, 
the, the kind of sort of the music and the theme of all the Raptor stuff is very hip hop centric. Like, yeah. and, and which, which totally makes sense. If it was a rap, if it was a Leafs thing, it would be a different story. So all the music that you ever hear at a Raptors game is hip hop, which I personally prefer. I think that's the right call. So I was saying to Mike, I was like, I wonder what's going to happen when they call our name. It's like, anybody can know who the fuck we are. And so uh, in preparation, I texted you guys. Huh. And I, and if you follow us on Instagram, I put the text um, screenshot in our story. And I said, all right, guys, I need some help on what I'm going to say to the crowd because I, I have to have, I have to be entertaining to a degree. And, you know, and I don't know exactly how they're going to respond. Cause it's not like it's, it's not like even Sean Mendes would probably be way more familiar to that crowd, that sure. general crowd. Uh, Isn't that an of course? Though? Of course, no, but sorry, but I, I use him as an example. <laughs> I think because, he's on a Grammy. And yeah. No, 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 okay. no. Sorry, I only use that as an example because he's not a hip hop guy. That, that okay. Was, that was okay. My, that was yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah, right. I'm not comparing myself. Um, and so I put in the group. I'm like, "What are you going to say?" I was like, "Because Mike and I were going to wear fun guy shirts, which I thought would be a real crowd pleaser." I was going to make a spicy. Like, are we getting spicy out there? Like, you know, I don't know. It's a good line. Pretty. It's all right. Um, you suggested to say "fuck Brooklyn," I did, which yeah. is a good callback. Good yeah. callback to what Messiah Risque, said. Risque, risque. Good. You said uh, <laughs> after tonight they're not going to be the Golden State Warriors. They're going to be the Golden State Warriors. I didn't say that. What did you say? I said after tonight they're going to be the Golden State Warriors. The crowd already knows. Like I wouldn't go. They're not going to be the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah, he, he nailed it. But, yeah, yeah. but Shane's was tighter yeah, copy. Yeah, yours is tighter copy. Which you know, you're a professional writer. So anyway, you didn't say that, did you? We'll wait for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so then, so then the, the, the hype dude is up there, and he's like, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, like." Give it up for Max and Mike from the R Cows. And we walk out, everyone's just staring. <laughs> 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 and so I was like, oh, fuck. But the thing is, you can't have that look of terror in your eyes or else they're really Don't beyond. let them smell yeah. the fear. Yeah, don't let them smell the fear. But you, you, believe me, we're just like. And by the way, this is, um, there's so much swagger like around Raptors, Jurassic uh, Park with the hip hop tunes blaring. Yeah. And in the arena with the hip hop tunes blaring. And then we come up to Leather Jacket, and it's just the corniest fuck. It's the corniest shit ever. It's just a hard shift. Yeah, it's just a hard shift. And, like, it just in that moment, you're like, hip-hop is just so much cooler than rock on every level. <laughs> would Drake's dad have been cooler or less cool? Maybe, but that wouldn't have been quite as recognizable. They were probably trying to go for one of the more recognizable songs. Anyway, should have done Knockin'. They should have done Miss Jackson, man, because you guys do a great cover. Yeah, they, I mean, they, yeah, they should have just kept the hip-hop beats going, to be it's honest. True. <laughs> so then I go out there. I'm like, um, what do I say first? Oh, I use your copy, Mike. Oh. I say, I, your copy was amazing. I go, hey, who's been here since 3 in the morning? Make some noise if you've been here since 3 in the morning. And they, some people cheer because people have been lining up Line since up last night. I was like, who's been waiting for this moment from, since 1995? Getting the crowd into it. They're starting to cheer. And I go, all right, now make some noise if you want to uh, see a banner because that lasts forever or whatever the line yeah, was, yeah. which I thought was Banners awesome. hang forever. Because banners hang forever. I nailed the line. And they start to get into it. I'm like, all right, I have one more question for you. Mike and I had our fun guy shirts on uh, underneath our jackets. So I have one more question. Who here, and then I start to undo my jacket, is a fun guy? And then people like started to cheer for that. So I was like, all right, I'm starting to win them back a little bit. Mike, we both have our shirts open. By the way, I told the people the bit backstage that we were going to do that. And they're like, this is an Adidas facility. You can't wear that New Balance shit back here. <laughs> that was like, buddy. <laughs> I was like, I don't think this crowd's going to be with us. We have to do everything we got. <laughs> um, so so that, that worked well. I was like, last thing. After tonight, it's not going to be the Golden State oh, Warriors. No. 
it's the Golden State Warriors, and then everybody just goes, oh. <laughs> I cannot believe he said it. I think Ash has footage. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I totally. I was like, I said, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this just so I can tell you on the. That's podcast. amazing. <laughs> See, I was going to say, because you have to kind of say it like you're in on how bad it is. Well, I kind of did. Yeah, I, okay. I had, a, I had a grin. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like, like, obviously. That's amazing. I'm yeah. so glad you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was getting messages from people because we, someone put it up on our social media. Oh, yeah. And they were like, just to let you know, that's a great line. Like, people were messaging me. Well, people saw it. Uh, on our social media. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they might have seen the screen grab. The Warriors grab, yeah. 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 Anyway. So, so. Yeah, I noticed you didn't, add, you didn't screen grab the my copy. Uh, you know, there's only room in the frame. For that so is much. true. But yeah. I, Mike's was much better Mike's was in a awesome. practical sense. Mine was just so dumb, it was funny. And for our listeners, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, Mike is my stage banter coach or my <laughs> liaison or, you know. You're you're amazing enough. I just help punch things up. No, you're there. good. And this, you know, so so for our Kel stuff, Mike's, Mike's been very helpful over the years. Uh, so anyway, I try to do a drop the mic move and just like get the fuck off the stage. But then, but then, so we walk off. They're like, no, no, go, go back. You're not done yet. And so I'm like, oh, God. And so I'm going back. We have to take some photos and it's just like very awkward. Anyway, so that happens. Get off the stage. But who do I see right after? Kevin from The Bachelor. Yes. Did you see my Instagram? I, saw I, I posted it on our. Uh, oh yeah, you did. And Astrid too. Yeah, she, Astrid. she's from it. Yeah, yeah. Too. But I was way more excited to see Kevin, even though Astrid's also for for our listeners that we're talking about the Bachelor. Mike does not care. Anyway, he didn't. I didn't know who you posted. I didn't. Get, I thought it was a hockey player. No, no, no. It's Kevin <laughs> from the Bachelor. Kidding. No, he was from the Canadian Bachelor, and then he transferred over to the American one. I was yeah. like, why aren't no, you? No, Bachelor in Paradise. Well, no. First, he was Bachelor Olympics. <laughs> Bachelor Olympics, right? I've yes. never watched. Anyway, he lives in Toronto. He lives in Liberty Village. Everyone sees him out and about, and. I was so excited. I was like, "Can I? Can I get a photo? I follow you on Instagram." He like had, didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Whoa! And he's just like, "Okay, cool." He's very nice. So yeah, that, that happened. Like, well, after that Golden State Warriors line, <laughs> you know, I guess we can do a photo if you really want one. Yeah. So then we get inside. It is a real who's who. Down. Like honestly, the amount of um, just basketball players I saw: Sean Marion, Kendrick Perkins was there, uh, Del Curry. I, Del Curry walks by us down in the lower level, and I take an Instagram of. I'm like, Daddy Dell's in the house. If you follow Arkells on Instagram, you'll see that. I get a bunch of people messages. Oh, do you know who he was talking to there? I'm like, no clue. Rory McIlroy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Who's he was in the, he's like the, one Golfer. of the most famous golfers. He's like one of the top yeah. five golfers in the world. Well, I noticed, did you notice throughout the game? There were so many celebrities at the game last night. It was like Wynn Butler was there, obviously Drake, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Sean Mendez, a bunch of golfers. They were doing celebrity rows in threes. Mm. And so when they when they when it was time for the pack, there was a three pack. It opened with Mendez. People lose their minds. Yeah. Then it goes to Rory uh, McElroy or whatever. McElroy, yeah. McElroy. Uh, and it's just like it's a good applause. And then it goes to Drake, and it goes back up again. I was debating with my brother as we were watching that. I'm like, do you think they intentionally separated Mendez and Drake because mm-hmm. Mendez might have got a louder applause than Drake? Oh, probably. So it's I like you have to go Mendez first because you know the kids are going to go nuts. The girls are going to scream. Then you know McElroy. You know the dads are like golf. And then Drake is kind of was in the middle. But it was interesting to me that it was like, you don't want to put Shawn Mendes before Drake. And Drake's so famous, you can't put Shawn Mendes last. I just wonder if there was some thought put into that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the amount of sort of hand-holding they have to do around Drake stuff, you, you I imagine they thought about it. Another three-pack had uh, Wynn Butler in it, who was wearing a purple Raptors jersey. Uh, but that one ended with uh, Toronto Blue Jay, Robbie Alomar. Who got a Toronto big one. He was, that was insane. Yeah, um, I, there was a minute where I was like, "Am I going to get on this?" And Mike and Deep, no, we're, I don't think we're in the. Me and Greg were asking. We're like, <laughs> we're like, "Like, you think Max is going to get up there?" Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You didn't make one of the. No, which I, which I don't blame him for. But anyway, we're happy to be in the building. So, 
Anyway, so this Obama thing, word gets out. There's a buzz. There's a buzz because uh, someone broke it on Twitter that Obama's in the house. And we're like, this is so cool. We're in the board of directors lounge, which is where most of the big wigs hang out. And we start asking the, the staff, like, is Obama going to like come in here? And then they're like, we heard he might come in at halftime. I was like, that's so cool. So Mike and I are like, we have to be back here in time to get into the room for halftime. Um, we end up talking to Kyle Dubas and his wife, Shannon, because they're in that room. And he says that Dubas says he's, they've been kicked out of the Maple Leafs dressing room because that's the Obama compound. Uh-huh. So so a couple doors over is where the Maple Leafs dress. And uh, so we walk by there. And I was like, oh, God, is he there? And then I just realized that, like, there's literally 15 dudes in suits not talking to each other and just kind of looking around. Like, but they didn't look like... The, the black secret service like black that you'd, suits imagine. That you'd imagine they looked a little more like kind of casual as if they were like just big wigs that were at the game and then i go oh this is all of obama's people i kind of just like stop and just linger around just sort of just like biding my time and uh the guy comes over and he's like hey buddy you know you can't be here <laughs> <laughs> he's like he gives me a little rub on the shoulder no well, you gotta you gotta go i yeah. was like I you know. told it cooler online you were like oh, what did i say you were like you gotta keep it moving brother. you got you gotta keep <laughs> yeah. it moving brother yeah. yeah and then we passed by again mike d decided to tie up his shoelace like oh in, my in the God. middle you of them like shane and alex <laughs> and dave brawl <laughs> Um, but I will say the amount of time I got so many text messages and tweets for people like you have to meet Obama. And, I it's, and, and I, I do appreciate that, that I am known as the Obama guy. Big time. I was freaking I was, out. I was yeah. thinking about you the whole time. Yeah. I was like, what a game for Max to be at and have access to a spot where Obama might potentially yeah. be. Well, what yeah. would you have said? I love you, Barack. No, I don't know. I would have said. <laughs> I now re- you really got to keep him. I read both of your books. I think you're the best. I don't like I don't know. What, what, what would you have been starstruck? Do you oh get my God! Struck? He's the number one person I want to meet in the world. Yeah, by far. If you know yeah. what I would ask? What would you say? Is Kawhi staying? Oh yeah, th- that's probably the move. Oh, and then I saw talk hoops with him. Yeah, talk hoops. Yeah, he doesn't want to be adored over. You know, it's like yeah. Uh, but I, then I saw Wilbon. Wilbon yeah. was down there, and I know Wilbon's former assistant. So I go, "Hey, Wilbon," and he's like clearly in the middle of texting. It's like right before half, and uh, I'm like, "Wilbon, I know Kalila, and I, I've been to a taping of PTI." He's like, oh, and his eyes kind of light up a little bit because they had a good relationship. And I was like, can I get a photo? He's like, not right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I get rejected for photos all the time. But you try. I try. Um, and then Will Arnett was backstage. I, I was thinking, He didn't make the fame camp. Him. No, yeah, but he was hanging around. I was contemplating asking for a photo with him, but I didn't. Uh, and then I ended up talking to Wynn uh, Butler from Arcade Fire. And we've talked a few times, and we have some mutual friends. And Does he know your name? Mm, I don't think he'd remember my name, but he'd remember my face for sure. And and because Arkells do stuff with Plus One, that's the Arca- Arcade Fire charity. So, but I know he's a big basketball fan, and so I'm, and he's obviously played in the the Celebrity All Star Game, and he lives in New Orleans now. And he was talking about how he's season t- uh, tickets for the Pelicans, and he loves going to the games. And he's and I was like, oh, are you playing right now? He's like, oh yeah, I play. Like I'm like, oh, what's your league like? He's like legit like i'm the only white dude there like and they all think i'm fucking crazy they call me Birdman. <laughs> he's like i don't have any tattoos but i'm like the crazy tall white guy i'm like like do they have any sense of like who you are he's like they have like no idea who i am they just think i'm they just call me Birdman. that's funny. <laughs> i was like that's that's, that's fucking amazing uh what jersey was he wearing i couldn't tell which raptor it was was it mcgrady it was a purple one. Oh no school. it was elijah one oh, I, I talked to him about that, that because he's a houston elijah. guy he grew up in Houston, yeah. and he was a Houston Rockets fan, and so he was wearing the Elijah Wan jersey. Weird. I love that he came up for the I heard that The weekend was also there. I heard The weekend was there. Yeah, he didn't but get on the celeb He didn't, but I think that's uh, part of the strategy. Anyway, when 
Sorry, the Drake strategy because I think they have a bit of a beef. Oh, I think I think, I think that is a contentious thing around that building. Is like how do we we want to honor the weekend because we love the weekend, but also he and Drake are weird. Yeah, and That's Drake's the global ambassador. Yeah, um, but honestly, when they put Obama up on the, tell me, I, I mean, tell me how it was for you. But I leapt to my feet. I was clapping louder than literally any other moment in the game, and it feels like. Everyone else in the arena did that too. So this was, yeah, that's a great way to put it. So from my, we haven't talked about this. Yeah. So my perspective is, uh, I know he's in the building. We don't know where he's sitting, but I'm scanning courtside because I assume he's going to be courtside. I'm kind of like looking all around. They've been doing the three packs with celebrities. They get, you know, different levels of applause and smattering of applause. You know, like I said, Sean Mendes will get a ton and Alessia Carr's like, it's a nice applause, but then like, you know, people yeah. go crazy for other things. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to show Obama or if the plan is to like, no, 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 don't put me up. It's about the Raptors. So everyone's kind of like chilling. It's uh, after like a, a Toronto sort of run in the second quarter. And they flash his face on the Jumbotron. And before Her- Herbie Kuhn, the guy that does the, uh, the announcing in Arena, can even say anything without missing a beat, the Arena, literally, I've never seen the Arena jump to their feet as quick as they could. They did it in like a split second and started screaming as loud as they did for Okay, it wasn't just me. No, it wasn't. I was screaming. And I, I had a great view of the whole arena. Everybody shot up the minute they showed his face like, on the screen. Like, like uh, snap your fingers. Everyone, like, leaps up. And then Herbie Coon's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 44th President of the United States, Mr. Barack Obama, or Barack Obama, and everybody's just losing their fucking minds, ch- cheering a spontaneous MVP chant yeah. breaks out. <laughs> like, it was crazy, but and it was a cool moment. He handled uh, the... The jumbotron looked as cool as it comes too. He was like, "Oh, he was—he didn't stop his conversation. Do you notice that? Yeah. He kept talking, and then he goes, "Oh, he's like—he gives a little aw shucks thing. Oh, he the movie played it perfectly. He played it perfectly. He's like, all right. I guess I'll stand up. up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then yeah, he—it was—it was fucking. Did you see amazing. the players clapping too? No, I didn't see that. Like, so it was a timeout huddle. So both teams were like in their respective <sighs> things, but like basically the ones that weren't directly involved in the huddles, like Danny Green, and those guys were all like clapping for him as well. You don't know what you got till it's gone, man. That's the. B.O. is the best example of that. There you go. Most valuable present. <laughs> that's what the MVP channel yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, that's what it meant for No, sure. I'm kidding. That was, I oh, didn't okay. even think of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, so it was a great experience. I mean, aside from how the game turned out, it was something to be at a finals game, and I'm glad I, I experienced it because uh, I don't believe I'll be going to any more. Yeah. You going to get your way into five and seven, baby? I did get a, an invitation from five. To what? How many, people, how many people are allowed to come with you? I haven't been to any <laughs> finals game. Our, our boy, uh, Kyle. Who? Do wow. Yeah. What? That's amazing. He, he has seats. He's the Toronto Leafs dude. Who are you bringing? Your dad? You no, no, no. Dad. I'm going. I'm, I'm Kyle's date. That doesn't make any sense. So he That's has amazing. seats. Yeah, Kyle has seats, so and Max and, will be the guy. I'll be his date. Seat. Yeah. He's bringing you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh, right. That makes sense then. <laughs> oh man. Right. Well, if Kyle drops out, Shane should get in there. You yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, but I will say, I told them, um, he and his wife Shannon. For our listeners, Kyle Dubas' wife Shannon is childhood friends with Shane, so there's that connection there. I told them about the Jurassic Park thing, and I said I was I needed a copy from Mike and Shane, and I told her the Warriors line. She loved it. She loved it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he loved it too. <laughs> yeah, he wants to know what Kyle thought. <laughs> Did he love enough to give someone a ticket? Yeah. Uh, so that's amazing because there's going to be a game five. Yeah. You could be seeing them hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy if they go and win two in Oakland. That'd be crazy. Which is your prediction, Mike? It is. Well, I thought they'd win the first two at home and steal one in Oakland. Now they got to win two in Oakland, Still which is happen. insane. Yeah. Um, but enough about NBA hoops. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, there are. 
27. Good. Ooh, let's get moving. We're just rolling along. Giving people what they want. Uh, are we doing more pods this week, or is this it for this no, week? Yeah, let's do it. I'm all right. All right. Um, let's move on to topics. Maxi Boy, what are our topics, and what do you want to start with? And the two topics I had in mind was this uh, story of a, of a nurse who's not actually a nurse, but she's been posing as one in Quebec for 20 years. 20 she was, years. And she was just discovered. Do you want to set this up? Yeah, there was a nurse in Quebec uh, who has been working as a professional nurse for 20 years. And I guess at any point where they've needed sort of credentials to for her to prove who she was or whatever, uh, f- some falsified documents would be provided. The story stated that there was some sort of loophole in the system that they have now shorn up. And the only reason that they, uh, they caught her was because she was going for some sort of additional training, like Max said, after 20 years. And the names didn't add up. And then it led to something. Well, uh, the name no, the didn't age. match her age. Yeah, yeah. That's what it yeah. was. Uh, on her document. I like the I idea of her getting that. extra qualification. You know, like people do that in their job. I know. You think she would have just been like, all right, I'm just going to ride this for as long as I can. No, She's it, like, was, no, I'm gonna... it was a mandatory update. Oh, I see, do. I see. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question is, so, you know, obviously she's been, she's been bounced and you're not allowed to practice any sort of medicine without a license uh, in this country. Well, I just want to read a funny part, though. Please in, do. In the article, I found this very funny. So a union representative said the news came as a big surprise. He said a few weeks or a few months. That has happened before. But such a long time, I thought that would be impossible. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they change the plan when someone did it for a few weeks or a few months? Yeah. Now they've changed it so this can't happen again. Mm. But the fact that you can get away with this for a few months is ridiculous. Yeah, well, so Lauren- I guess the idea is that you would be exposed for your sort of uh, incompetence or lack of knowledge after a month they catch you. Oh, well, but this- your point, like, the doc- whatever the documentation thing mm-hmm. is, I'm going to guess that this this person was good at their job well this is it so lauren my, my gal lauren is in nursing school right now and the amount of shit she needs to know is incredible like i could not do that job for more than three minutes you know like she uh, has had to take all these prerequisites when it comes to math and science and all the stuff they learn in class about just like procedures of what to do in the hospital and protocol it's uh, like it's not a job that you could just sort of pick wing. up as you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you couldn't really wing it. I mean, I think there is something to be said for like real world experience. And I think a lot of jobs are like that. It's like, oh, you can go to school for all you want, but there's nothing like the real thing. Um, but I, but <laughs> what did I put in the text group? Uh, fake nurse, uh, real results, school is for suckers or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it's, I don't know what I said. No, something like that. I kind of like the idea that it, it, have you ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Of course. Mm-hmm. It, this reminds me a lot of that. And. I just think that, like, if she got in at a time where she could shadow someone very good and she's an intelligent person, this nurse, she picked up, obviously, enough and she practiced for 20 years and did a good enough job that her colleagues weren't like, she's shitting her job or there's something wrong off her or she's faking it or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I admit, like, I, I'm not trying to diminish how much schooling Lauren's done or any other super qualified nurse who do such a difficult job, but... I'm just very kind of like, I think there's something to be said for succeeding. Well, maybe her first year on the job or first two years or first three years was like a college for her. And she was like, listen, I'm, I, could you show me how to do this? And, and, any, like, no, and by the yeah. way, any nurse, Lauren's talked about this a lot. Nurses who, who go through all the schooling will say your first year or two, like on mm-hmm. the job, you feel like an idiot and you have to ask a million questions. And that's part of the culture. So any new nurse is in the hospital going, hey, can you, can you come over here and show me how to do it? And those are people who've been through the school. So that, that's a good point is that. That's exactly what she's doing. Seeming dumb wouldn't be out of the ordinary. No, not yeah. at all. Um, but I know for me, I w- I would, I'm so bad at all that detailed work um, d- that you'd need to be as – like, you know, procedure with like oh, removing sure. bandages or, you know, sewing people over, whatever nurses do. I cannot do that. Uh, w- but I was thinking, what, what would be jobs that you think you guys 
could fake for a while. I could probably uh, figure out being a pilot. Come on. No. no. The no. job I have now, no, I... No, no, hold on. Expand fake. on that. Oh, I don't know. If I sat in for a bit and... You're doing your joke thing. I could hit some doohickeys and uh, get it. (laughs) (laughs) He does that face when he's kidding. But I think my job is a good fake job where you kind of fake it for a bit. Uh huh. In your job, explain what you do. uh, Write and direct and edit commercials. Yeah. Like it's good. Like you just show up and then kind of the the cinematographer really helps you out. Like, and it's weird because the bigger the budget, the more, the easier the job is. So you get coddled way more. So I remember. when I was in Africa, was actually I went with my boss, and uh, uh, Randall was actually getting drunk with Greg, and yeah. I was just like eavesdropping on them, and he's Randall was like, "Shane's not ready for a big shoot yet. He can't handle them." I'm like, "Oh no, these big shoots are going to be impossible. I hope I'm never ready. I don't want to do one." <laughs> but, but then, because I, I was doing all the little shoots, the, the ones with a little budget, and I was like, "Fuck, these are really hard. I could never handle a big budget shoot." Then I got the big budget shoot. And that's way easier. <laughs> they do storyboards for you. Uh, they, you have like a little assistant who like, if you're like, how about we put the camera there? He's like, don't do that. Then then you'll be like, oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you really get your ass saved at every turn. So well, I, I, I realized, and I'm talking about the Mary Berg shoot sure. in particular, which we just did recently. Like, it's pretty easy the higher up you go. <laughs> well, this is my it's point. It's also easier I, for you because you've done it for the last 10 years true. now. And all the shitty ones that true. you have a confidence. But there was no fake in the, the small shoots. Not at I, all. I could have faked. Like, I could have done if that. You, so if you jumped right into your level, you could have faked your yeah, way Yeah, if, if I told right. Randall, listen, I've been directing for 10 years. I'm a pro. And I just started and was shitting my pants. I could have faked it. I think a lot of people do that in industry. Yep. I think they lie and then just of course. Fake That's it why I'm saying it. this is such yeah. a good industry to fake. Well, I was I was saying I was talking to Lauren about this, and I was like, the one job I could do is president. You know, I, I've been <laughs> I've been I've been hanging out in the BOD, the Board of Directors Lounge at Maple Leaf Sports, with just a lot of other bigwigs, and I fit in great down there. Yeah, just a lot of schmoozing, a lot of confidence, some charisma, and you keep it moving. Yeah, and that's that's what you, that's what being the president's all about. It's true. Just be careful. Well, you do have to make some tough decisions, though. You have to send people to war. You have to you have to build policy that's going to but not also, only make you polarizing. To you're always going to have half the country that hates you. But you can always no, defer no, to about, somebody who's really smart. I'm not right? talking about president of America. I mean, I'm talking. I'm more talking about president of a company. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, oh it was CEO. way funnier before. Okay, yeah. never yeah, mind. That's I, thought that. <laughs> I thought you were claiming you could actually be the president. No, of the I mean, United I could States. also be. No, but also just like, yeah, president of a company. And also, even president of a company, you know, can have other guys make hard decisions for them. You know, yeah, you exactly. just or, or hey, can you fire that guy over there? President's going to have to fire That's people. what you do at this pod. You just delegate, really. Oh, totally. Like today, you're good at it. Mike asked me to pick up the recording equipment from yeah. Dan. And then I just texted Erica and I said, Erica, can you pick up the equipment? From Dan? <laughs> and when she came walking in with it, I was like, huh, I see what Max did there. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean it's a wild story I imagine she was competent at the very least at her job who knows if in those early days in the 60s that a couple people had to die in order for her to learn Uh, but it's a wild story Erica do you have anything that you think you could fake your way through I don't know. Like, it'd be something that you could, like, talk your way through. It would not be nursing. Like, in mm. nursing, you actually need skills to do it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, CEO of a company? No, I, I actually couldn't do that. There's mm. no way. I don't know. 
Yeah, I wonder if you're like a really handy person, you could be like, I'm a contractor now and not having gone to school for anything. Or like, oh, if I'm you're, pretty handy. It's actually, like, it's right like, oh, I'm a chef. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, well, I never went to chef school. Like, I feel like that's it. You could make up some fake credentials for like being a chef. Like, mm-hmm. I went to school in, you know, Spain for for being a chef. And, and, and like, but really, you never did that? Yeah, it's like there's jobs that people like, it's like, oh, like you could figure out how to be a server or you could be a car salesman or something like personality based stuff that you feel like you could do. Yeah, Maybe a exactly. CEO of a company. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I, so that's why I kind of like was thinking pilot or, or anything that's skill based. Like, like, how do you fake your way through a skill based job and not like, um, you know, when you're talking about directing, Shane, that's a very subjective job. Like one one person that thinks someone's a great director is another person thinks is a shitty director. And it's right. like, it's kind of like depends on your taste in a lot of ways. And there's certain, me- you know, metrics that would say, oh, this is why he's good at the job. He comes in under budget. He gets his stuff on time, all that stuff. That's sometimes more important than maybe the creative output. There's certain subjective things. There are other jobs that there is no, it's not, it's hard to be subjective. It's like you either like you put that needle into the arm properly or you didn't. Like that's a skill, right? Yeah. What about, um, yeah, what did the Catch Me If You Can guy do? He was Leo's a pilot. Character? Yeah, pilot. What else did he do? Yeah, he it's been a while of... since I watched that movie. Do you remember? Uh, pretty much everything. Pretty accomplished yeah. list. You know what I think I actually could be, and I've said this many times, either a spy or a drug dealer. Oh. <laughs> because no one would suspect me for either of those things. That's true. I'm watching Killing Eve. You know what you, you could should be do that? You killer. should go undercover as a drug dealer for the police. I could totally be a narc. You'd be Because I don't fuck with drugs. Drug I don't. It's not my thing. But what about if they make you, like, it's like, test it so I know the coke is good. Oh, I would probably die. I'd probably like test it and then drop and then, dead. Yeah. yeah. You immediately are like, guys, I'm fucking, I'm totally a spy. <laughs> I'm fucking spying on you guys. You're great. That's why I had to tell you guys this. I just want you to know that because you guys are cool and we're cool. But anyway, let me test some more of that. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be cool to be a spy. Mm-hmm. It'd be too stressful, man. Too stressful. I hate lying too. Like, it'd be really hard to lie to people. Like, you see movies like Donnie Brasco and shit like that. Uh, and it's That's like, true. Never you, mind. You, I take it back. Yeah, you like develop a relationship <laughs> with somebody, and then it's like, oh, I really like you, Al Pacino, this father figure that is a, a low-level mob guy. But now I got to flip on you, and they're you know they're gonna spy is different though than when you're actually in the room pretending to be someone else. Like spy, I feel like more is from afar. Oh, surveillance and like, yeah. is what you're in, talking informant about. Informant is mm-hmm. when you're right on the ground, like kind of one of the guys who's pretending they're in the mob. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Spy game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. I feel like. Brad Pitt was actually infiltrating. Maybe there's layers of spies. Could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I could get down with surveillance. Surveillance. <laughs> you yeah. ever seen that movie Stakeout? I'm just mentioning all these. Stakeouts are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, get, you get a hamburger and some fries. You hang totally with your buddies. It's just camaraderie. <laughs> yeah. We should do a podcast stakeout. I don't know what we would watch, but I just watched a movie with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson, and mm-hmm. they were they did a stakeout for a large portion, and he was just going on about how the food is the best part of a stakeout. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that always seemed like the best part. Is like, yeah, let's get some burgers. And you're just sitting there shooting the shit, waiting for someone to come out of the room. Well, could you ever be a, I could be a private detective. Maybe mm. that's something I could fake my way oh, through. Oh, yeah. Hey, I don't think you need many credentials for that. Like, I think you can just be like, I'm a private eye now. And then people yeah. will hire you Same to see if they're dealer, getting though. cheated on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you're right. What would, um, <laughs> it's a tough job. What would like, stakeout? I don't want to present some poor you know, woman with photos of her husband going into nah, some ladies. So it's like, ugh. What do we stake out? Okay, so what would be, what would be like a, something we could Ooh, the Kawhi trade. Uh, oh, like whether he resigns or not? Well, you Actually, guys could do some undercover biz. You guys could kind of, you know. There was, that, that's more like looking people. for sources. Well, I no, think there was a report today that he bought a second property in Toronto. Come on, really? Michael Landsberg uh, reported that two sources told him he just purchased another property in Toronto. So everybody's like doing the eyes like, he's resigning. Fuck. So what we could do is stake out that property. Mm. If if we could find out the property, but yeah, is there anybody like famous coming to town that we want to see? Like what's uh, you know, I like guess the Warriors already oh, we know where they stand. Of, yeah. Not to change the subject completely, but um, 
how possible is it to land the Jonas Brothers on the pod when they're here in August? Big fan, I, are I, you? I, I, I meant to ask. Good question. You know, yeah, we could probably get Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Well. <laughs> uh, the the, the non-Joe Jonas and the non-Nick Jonas. We could probably get that guy. Yeah, we played with, uh, what's Joe? We played with Joe because no. he's in uh, DNC, right? Yes. By the ocean? Yeah, we, we in Quebec City la- last summer, two summers ago. What? And it was funny. He must have he been late. He must have been traveling private on his own. But basically, like the rest of the band was like waiting for him to get on stage. He was like coming from the airport. And he got to the venue. There was a packed crowd out there. We had already played. And he got on, and within about thirty seconds, he was on the stage. Like that's like how they. He's incredible. They're all incredible. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. All right. Are you uh, a Kevin fan too? Sure. I'll just oh. I'll just say it. Like sure. <laughs> all right. I, I was always a joke kind of girl. Let's get right. to the next one. I could tell. Hit me with the next one, baby. Last subject is uh, actually we want to address a, a Twitter beef, not oh, a beef. Really? Oh, I saw that no. this morning. But Shane, was, well, you can walk us through this uh, because it's it's not a beef. That's right. Not a beef at all. It's just. Uh, there's a lot of uh, how do we describe virtue signaling? Well, let's, let's set it open up first. by saying we we value all of our listeners, and, and I like when they send us stuff. Oh, it's awesome! And, and well, Lauren, I'm not saying I don't like it. I, I'm just saying like if they're, I'm just going to comment on something they wanted us to comment on. So okay, said, so basically, let's remind for a second. Uh, we talked about the Quine and Dine promotion on this podcast, yep. and how every uh, restaurant that has a Quine and Dine sticker says. If Kawhi comes in the restaurant, he'll eat for free. All in an effort to re-sign him, have the city show him hospitality because we're excited about this this Raptors run. But it's 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 mostly a joke thing. Not to say if yeah, Kawhi walks into your thing. restaurant, you wouldn't do it. But it's basically like a greeting card that companies are putting in their window to say, we support Kawhi and hope he stays. Right. Yeah, it's that's a lighthearted it thing to show that the entire city wants him to re-sign. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else... Is wrote a post and do you, do you want to describe how the post went yeah it was basically a post basically with like um well i can read it like sure, go fr- for it. from it so it was an article that uh lauren sent us uh, lauren simmons pod listener yeah pod listener shout out and uh basically the point of it is it says uh the kawine and dine campaign has highlighted our obsession with materialism as every person's dream it does also make it painfully obvious that we do not know Kawhi leonard so that was. Did you write that out from the website in yeah. handwriting? Yes, <laughs> that's funny. I did. Yeah. So that that was the whole point of uh, the article saying. Well, was, the point was like we can do if we want to really show Kawhi support. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Do something well, that's else. what I'm going to get oh, into. Sorry, go and the reason it says we it's painfully obvious we don't know Kawhi Leonard yeah. is is like because Kawhi when he started his career he got a fairly big contract and still chose to drive around in the car he had since college some beater car. so it's like Kawhi doesn't care about material possessions in this. If you really care about Kawhi, you'll identify with a youth sports program that serve at-risk youth or underserved communities and make donations in Kwai's name, or you'll support children's charities that offer care to families because that's what Kwai would do, and you'll support a community program of your choice. Well, first of all, this, this, this promotion came out of a sort of famous story that Kwai Leonard, even after he got his sort of first big contract where he's making $20 million a year, he would get coupons to Wingstop in San Antonio and he would still he would use the coupons. So that was the joke is that he was so sort of like frugal, like that he drove his original car even though he got his big contract, and he would go to Wingstop and even though he made twenty million dollars a year, he'd use these stupid free coupons yeah. for, for the wing place. So that's kind of where Raptors Public came up with this thing. Um, it's an interesting outlook, which seems to be kind of the 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 reaction. There's always mm-hmm. sort of like a counter to any sort of initiative. Well, the beauty of virtue signaling is. It can apply to anything. Could you describe virtue signaling? Well, I I think like kind of like moms invented it 
back okay. in the day when you didn't finish your meal. It was like, well, this food could have gone to children in Africa, mm-hmm. Shane. And it's like, well, mom, I think you're just saying something that it would have never happened. Right. So but, and you're just upset that I didn't finish my meal. Or let's say you brought me those candies today. Yeah. It would be like, Erica, it would have been much better had you brought Shane kiwis because sugar can actually be harmful to Shane and cause diabetes. Right. Yeah. Or, or gave the candies to the someone on the street mm-hmm. in need. And the reason why yeah. you say it out loud or you write a blog post is is to show like these are the virtues that you're are, socially that conscious I, that I'm a socially and woke, woke person that's the virtue right. signal yeah well less to do with actually being proactive and more to do with just like waving the flag of I'm a good person right. that, that, that's the criticism that's kind of that's what we're describing it and yeah. right now Kwai owns three homes they're all worth over 13 million dollars the pool is the biggest pool I've ever seen <laughs> just to show you the bigger so Kwai might have changed his views and he might be a materialistic guy now I don't know and it in this this $13 million house he has uh-huh. is in California, and that's a house he's not even in all the time. Yeah. So he's wasting a lot of energy to heat this pool. Well, yeah. it's not even there, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then Lauren points this out. And by the way, I just so I want to say, Lauren is uh, one of those voices in your head, and I uh, equate her similar to Nick, who who is virtuous. and not playing your band? Uh, yeah, Nick in our band. And not in a self-righteous way, but just uh, but is that voice in your head that says, hey, just let's, let's, let's remember, let's keep our eyes on the prize yeah. here that we need to keep striving to be better which is great you which meet is people great. like that around yeah you. like i have a handful of friends that are like that too and i love them yeah who tap you on the shoulder and go okay but anyway yeah. but uh, for the sake of this uh segment it's also fun to, to talk about it carry on well so so anyways lauren commented and i commented back and basically was saying well actually this isn't mutually exclusive just because you support quinidine which you do max and she did tag you personally yeah. in this like your your bar odds supports quinidine sure yeah I was like, does I it, good it doesn't mean we're taking away from anyone's ability to support a charity or do any mm-hmm. other altruistic yeah. thing. And then I, I also, I called her a bit of a Debbie Downer. And <laughs> that was funny, though. Well, I used the, the gif of uh, sure. Rachel Dratch in SNL saying she's a Debbie Downer, <laughs> which I do feel like a lot of virtual signaling, a big part of it is raining on people's parades. Someone's having a good time. You'll point out the one thing they're not doing. I drove to work today. Why didn't you take the bus? I took the bus today. Why didn't you ride your bike? Like, <laughs> like it's like it never That's ends. a good equivalency. Yeah. You, you know, in her defense, though, Max and us on the pod, we do ask for counters all the time. We're sort of oh, all uh, about... And, and, the, uh, and yeah. all I'm saying is there's a, a, a line and there's a point, and obviously this is a very scary time right and kind of the virtue signalers know that they can kind of bully us because it's a very scary time to be like actually no quinidine rules and it's like oh max kerman doesn't like charities and it's very easy for you to get in hot water sure so it, it, it was there's a line in um funny people where uh the woman says just because you yell doesn't mean you're not mean mm. and i think it's like virtue signalers feel like because it's about charity it it it, it means they're not annoying assholes yeah. Th- okay. So, like, reading that piece, I think that like, there's two things going on. There's always going to be somebody that says, "Look at the opulence and the sort of like uh, the way that we view our society and the construct that we have. Why is money so powerful? Why are we focusing so much energy on this like guy that plays for a sports team that doesn't help like communities?" And they'll say, "What if we think about it this way?" And my thing with that is, it's like to your point. I thought you made a great point where it's like, "I'm going to drive to work. Why don't you take the bus? I'm going to take the bus. Why don't you ride a bike?" You can literally do that. With anything. Oh, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the beauty of virtue signaling. Anything you do, you can apply to it. Like, you can always do something better. 
But like, sometimes it's not virtue signaling. Sometimes it's actually like, how can we make a better society? That's how, course, you, that's how but, you do but it. But Mike, there's a time and a place to bring those points up. B- bringing it out of the clear blue yeah. when it's unnecessary and when it's just someone's doing a positive thing. There's the ALS bucket challenge. Well, ALS actually isn't the most important disease. Let's bring up this. Right. That happens. There's the yeah. donating money to the Notre Dame. Actually, all this money could go somewhere else. Yeah. There's Bell Let's Talk. Well, it's just a corporation uh, helping this out. They could have actually done this if they actually cared. So, doesn't make all of it untrue though, and it, and, it's, and it starts a conversation. No, I, I guess, but when does the conversation end? When it, the conversation can be, can be applied to anything? Because you, you counter. Like when I read that article, I said, "Listen, like I think that like if if the point is that like our our fandom in sports and and I don't think we're being defensive just because the Raptors thing. Uh, if, if if you think it's pointless that communities come together and get behind something like a Raptors run, or you want you know this free agent millionaire Kawhi Leonard to stay in your city even though he's not from here, and people want to talk about the silliness of rooting for laundry and how frivolous sports and entertainment is anyway. Like why are all these restaurants in the city getting behind this? And it's a frivolous sort of undertaking. My counter to that would be like actually I think there's real value in sort of like civilized society and like building these things. Like I think like having these nice things and having these constructs is a sign of a healthy society. Yes, it's not perfect and there's people that are going to get fucked and we could find money and, and give it to all those things that that article had pointed out. But I, to your point, Shane, I actually agree with you. I think that like that article, it's like pick your spots. It does feel like the person at the party that is always going to be like, well, guys, should we really have a good time? Like, I don't know if we should have a good time. Yeah, and when we talk about, uh, you know, how do we make progress? I always feel like um, as someone who really identifies with a lot of like progressives and like this this need to keep pushing forward, the one thing I disagree with is when they sometimes choose to go, uh, and then because you go, no, you're actually creating more people that are annoyed or pissed off with you, and that is actually going to happen. It's ha- hurting their cause. It's going to be yeah, a backlash. So, yeah. so just only for the sake of being like a pragmatic political person, you go, okay, this Kawhi 9 thing is kind of stupid, and there's actually probably a better way we can do it, but I'm not going to throw a wet blanket on this at the moment because it's bringing the whole city together. Everybody's not looking at their phone. Everybody's in these public squares. Like, isn't this what like life and community is all about? Is like sharing each other's good company, and that's yeah, what, that's and like with, with people from every different background hanging out in public parks, like that, that doesn't happen anytime ever and now it's happening all around this country Uh, the people sitting next to the game it was like an eastern european guy and an indian guy best friends hugging each other i was like i just don't see that we talk about wanting to you know live in a multicultural society but really we are totally segregated from each other but the raptors are actually bringing this together so anyway when it comes to this quine and dine criticism i'd say uh, okay let's Let's uh, let's focus on what's actually good because there's so much good shit happening right now, and next time and there's a million other opportunities to 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 point out criticisms on things that we could do better. And people's obsession with sports ain't changing anytime soon. And it's a reality. Be, and just because you can have can put a little thing that says Quine and Dine in your restaurant window doesn't mean you have the means or know how to start a charity and do that. So it's a lot easier to do the other thing, and it's not mutually exclusive. You can also do that. Even if you are putting it in your window. You could be doing all those other things as well. So here's what I found odd about uh, Lauren's thing. Was that when I, I told her that I didn't agree with it, she agreed with me. She said, I also think Quine and Dine is a good thing. I just like reading things from different perspectives. Sure. Well, that's what I like. When I read that article, did any of you guys like I, my immediate thought was just who wrote this article? I don't think the problem was Lauren tweeting it at us at all. I think it was the article itself. And I just immediately was like, this was not a Raptors fan. 
This was like yeah. someone who's watching all of this Raptors internet, buzz is, is from the everybody outside. Has, the problem is that everybody has a platform. It's also exactly. one of the good things about the internet, but also that that it's sort of you could say it's polluting the waters a little bit. And, and this, it this was, was like a slow news day, and people were looking for something to get shared on Facebook. Well, this was the of, first time I heard that critique anywhere. Like, uh, did you got, have you guys heard it anywhere else? No. I haven't. I, heard I, it. Have, I have heard it a few times. I actually. haven't be, heard it being compared yeah. to this extreme and. And I don't even know what website published it or anything like that. But I, I was just sort of like, this is just one of those things that. But for Lauren to be like every perspective uh, needs to be shared. It was like if I if there was some debate on women's rights and I was like had an article about how women should stay in the kitchen. And I was like, check this out, ladies. And they were like, actually, Shane, you're an asshole. That's a stupid article. And I was like, no, I agree with women's rights. Just an article about women staying in the kitchen that I thought you should read a different perspective. If you are sharing an article, there would be a thought that you're kind of in support of it. And we can't just read these endless articles just about any different perspective. I don't necessarily think that. I think you could share an article with your friends and be like, this is really interesting. I've never thought about it this way. And, right, sure. And that, this, that's a great way to share and something. And this opinion though. exists. Like, what do you guys think? And then let's have a discussion. I think the second you like, cut off those those de- like conversations about other people's opinions. Like, yeah, I, I'm not suggesting not. that, but I am saying to, if I did have an article about how women should stay in the kitchen, I would say, I do not agree with this article. I'm just sending it to you. You, you front porch that at all times. Right. Her to do that, me to make a point on how quinidine is actually a good thing. And then her to be like, oh, I know. I'm just... Oh, sure. I mean, I think the context, because we all know pod listener Lauren is somebody who's very socially engaged. That's probably why and we don't know her that well if, uh, at all. But that's probably why we assumed that she was in support of she it. She could also been presenting it for something for us to talk about in the pod. Yeah, exactly. As but we're doing. That's what I'm saying. Front porch that kind of sure. article. Yeah. And then when I responded to her, she was kind of rude to me and said, oh, I'll just send it to Max from now on. Like well, not realize he does pick the topics. Well, Max Max rolls his eyes just as much as I do. It's just he has more of a public relations. No, I mean I'd say um, the the difference is I think in my disposition, and I'm like this generally speaking, is that like you are far more inclined to get into a Twitter spat with somebody, of course, and double down on your position, or and I'm more. In generally inclined to go, okay, I see what you're saying. Here's another thing. Let's work this out together. In Even, public, you are. In no. private, you'll be like, I fucking... No, that's not true. I don't think that's true. No, that's true. not true. Like, I'm in the middle of every de- debate in the band van between Nick and Mike, and I'm always... The bridge between the two of them, and like that's, and so I think it's just my personality. And you're you're similar. I know, I know, but that's I'm I'm saying publicly sure. in a, in a, a conversation, you're more likely to be civil. But behind closed doors, you'll be like, I'm so fucking annoyed with this. Or well, something. no, I, I can get frustrated with things, but I'm also, um, I I'm, I'm just better if, if I was you and in your position, yeah. I would do the exact same sure. thing you do. Yeah, I, I but but I think in Max's defense, I think like so this specific article about Kwai. You read that, and, and your first instinct might be like, this article is dumb. That's what I would think. But then I would go, so what's the point here? Are they being a contrarian just to be a contrarian? Are they actually, like, do they think that these are actually helpful suggestions? Are they missing the point of why people are into this Raptors run? Like, it would make me think, why did this person write this? And then I would go, are they so far in the minority that, they're, that it doesn't matter? And then you, you have that conversation, you sort of debate it. I would, like, my first instinct would be like, this article... I, I think I think that this is a uh, this ain't it would be my first thing, and then I go. So why are they doing this? Maybe th- this person really genuinely is like, we need to have a real cause, and it pisses me off that people are so mad about sports. I'm like, okay, then your issues with sports. It's not with Kawhi. Your issues with the frivolous sort of like spending we do on things that I guess are non-essential. Capitalism, bro. So that's what that's their fucking issue. So then I'm like, let's have a conversation about that. You're just cloaking it in this quine and dine shit. That's the conversation that I would yeah. want to have, and I think Max tends to have. 
lean the same way. But I think we can all, like, on our first blush go, this article is ridiculous. And that, what you just described, like, how that critique of it is the exact same lens that, like, people were critiquing the Notre Dame thing. Yeah. Just, like, on a different, like, right? Also, the internet just, like, I think people... There has to be a counter. It's a push and a pull, always. Always, always. I, and what we never know is because the internet gives, like, it's his amplifier, that article might literally have 300 clicks. Literally. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But it's now being talked about in a podcast because someone put, put it out in the universe. It's and interesting, I, and, I'm, and I'm not mad at it. And yeah. I didn't, like, was I being unruly or anything? On no. no, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Um, just because when you said uh, Virtue Signaler, I, I, when I hosted The Gist last year, I you got you to write out this essay that you read on the air, and I don't even remember what the topic was, but I used the term virtue signaler. And Pesca, Mike Pesca, who's the host, he emailed back, and he says, uh, "Virtue sig- signaling is a trigger for the left. Virtue signaling is what you're talking about, but maybe it was a better, more fun, or even more emotionally resonant way of saying this." So it's become a very dismissive insult because yeah. because the thing is that that so that that's why I jumped in on it immediately. Well, this is the thing. It's like because. Because what's the difference between someone that really does give a shit about a cause, say like Black Lives Matters, and someone who's virtue signaling? It's hard to tell the difference. So if I'm someone that wants to discredit you, the first thing I'll call you is virtue signaler mm-hmm. uh, in a construct, not me personally. But you know yeah. what I mean? It's a cheap yeah. way to do it. So that yeah. that word has become so almost uh, I, like snowflake. I, I think the difference is, and it's very nuanced, and that's why it's very hard to get into an argument with something is when there's actually just cause to kind of shoehorn your opinion in because it's actually something that needs to be fought and something's doing something very wrong. Typical virtue signaling is when somebody's doing something good or someone's having a good time, and then you hop in and say, actually, you could be doing it a little bit better, guys. Is that That's the is? definition in in my way that I bring it up. is like if you started a charity, Max, mm-hmm. it would be like, yeah, this is all well and good, but let's think about this. And then that is virtue signaling. Or on a more of a, like personal level, it could be like on my Instagram, all I ever do is post about like um, volunteering and doing this and doing – or mm-hmm. – or, Causes but, that I think people should support, but meanwhile, I, I don't uh, I, I, donate anything. I don't support any of these causes, but I just want people to think and associate me with said yeah, causes. Yeah, that, that's very common, but to me, the worst kind is the rain on the parade kind, which yeah. that's the only time I'll actually say this is a true virtue signal. The other time, it's just humble bragging. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that our laugh? No. Oh, please. Yeah. That's no, the weakest laugh I've ever heard in our life. Oh, no. We're not going to talk about the other topic. What's the last topic? I, I thought we had another one about... Fuck something else. Shit. Weird okay. raptors. You know what? Just just for the definition? record, okay. virtue signaling is the conspicuous expression of moral values. Academically, the phrase relates to signaling theory and describes a subset of social behaviors that can be used to signal virtue, especially piety among the religious. In recent years, the term has been more commonly used within groups to criticize those who are seen to value the expression of virtue over action. You know, it'd be yeah. like, well, instead of writing this article, why weren't you spending the time to start a charity? And, and, and by the way, Lauren end. is a school teacher end? and she per- seems to participate in lots of righteous causes. So. Well, and I, I accept it as her like throwing out the, uh, yeah. like, and that you too. want to talk about yeah. this. And then, you know, a little confrontational web spat. That's uh, just mixing <laughs> it up a bit. Shane getting in the sandbox and throwing a little bit of sand. But uh, uh, do we all like Lauren? We love yeah. Lauren. I know. That was a yeah. joke question. I was trying to end on a lot. Yeah. Sorry. 